you've got your Bibles with you, can you turn please to uh, Exodus uh, chapter 40, and we're going to read five verses from Exodus chapter 40, and then we're going to read a few verses from Numbers chapter 10. Jerry did such a good PowerPoint last week. Yeah, it was very... Oh, well, not that good. Well, hold it. This is... <laughs> what I want after this is I want marks out of 10 from Maria on PowerPoint. Who got better? <laughs> I know. I, I thought I've got to up my game. Yeah, yeah. I've got to... Oh. Okay, so here we go. Ex- we, we're, we, we're sort of like getting to the, to the end of us of our sort of like journeying with Moses and seeing how Moses took the people of Israel out uh, of Egypt and into the promised land. And we're getting to this bit now where they are just stepping into all that God um, has promised for them. So, uh, Exodus chapter 40, uh, verses 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was on it by night. In the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys. And then just skip on to um, Numbers, which also recounts the story of um, Moses and the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And we're going to read uh, Numbers chapter 10, verses 29 uh, to 36. And Moses said to Hobab, the son of Rael, the Midianite, who is Moses' father-in-law... We are setting out for the place which the Lord said, I will give it to you. So come with us, and we will do you good, for the Lord has promised good to Israel. But Hubbard said to Moses, I will not go. I will depart to my own land and to my kindred. And he said, and then Moses said, please don't leave us, for you know where we should camp in the wilderness, and you will serve us, uh, you will serve as eyes for us. And if, you do not, and, and if you do go with us, whatever good the Lord will do to us, the same will be done for you. So they set out from the Mount of the Lord three days' journey. And the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them three days' journey to seek out a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was over them by day whenever they set out from the camp. And whenever the Ark of the Lord set out, Moses said, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. And let those who hate you flee before you. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, to ten thousand thousands of Israel. So here we've got this this story of uh, the Israelites setting out. And uh, is anybody missing traveling at all? Anybody missing traveling? Yeah, just put your hands up. Are you missing traveling? Yeah. Yeah, we love it. I am so missing. And you know, yesterday some neighbors came around uh, to our house. And they gave us some little uh, Diwali sweets. They weren't very nice. Anyway, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, but we, we said, okay, they were, they were from India. And they said, 
we, they were just looking at seeing how sort of like multicultural our road is. And you think our neighbor, there are very few people that would be count themselves as white British on our road. It's just this phenomenal mix. And we were just saying how good this is to live in a place like this. But many of us have got friends and families overseas. Many of us have got people that we long to go and see, but we, can't, we just can't travel at the moment, can we? It's quite a limit on what we can do to go and see different people. Uh, in uh, this last week, some friends said to us, do you want to go to Jerusalem? And so in, Jill and I booked, in May, we're going to go to Jerusalem for four days. Never been there. Never, ever been there. And to be honest, sometimes slightly avoided it a little bit, but we thought, oh, no, we're going to go. We've had some really cheap flights. We're going to go. It's just, I am so looking forward to doing a little bit of traveling. On, um, and this, this is only for people in Upper Room Academy. This is to make everybody want to come to Upper Room Academy. There are some people, there's gonna, we're going to have a team from Upper Room Academy that are going to go out to Malta for four days. I'm not sure who those people are just yet. And I'm not sure what we're going to go and do. But all we're going to do is we're going to go out to Upper Room Academy and pray that God uses us. And pray that God find, we find a man or woman of peace in Malta. And I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to sit in a cafe, drink coffee all day and read my Bible. I think God's going to make me fruitful. I don't know what's going to happen. And then I'm, what I'm going to really pray is that somebody comes up to me and says, why are you doing that? And then I'll explain to them. And then they're going to say, oh, do you want to come and stay with my family? And I'm going to think, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because God's going to, it's just going to be fun. I don't know what's going to happen. But there's something about movement. And when Alan was talking about, Alan didn't just sit on his sofa and think, oh, those, the homeless people up in central London, I bet they're cold. He thought, oh, he got his rucksack on and thought he looked like a, no, he might, but he, he put his rucksack on. By the way, has anybody got size nine feet that they can get some boots from? Anybody? Okay. Okay, you have now got three pairs of size nine boots. Okay. Um, but it's, it's about something about movement. And, and then you have this story here that I think we, we just have to really get into this place of, you no, know, the Christian faith is supposed to be about movement. It, it's not about being static and just doing the same thing all the time. And it's not, I don't mean just like moving and, every, you know, please don't everybody move. You know, I don't want everybody to, I don't want everybody just to suddenly, oh, we're going to go and move. No, but it's about this sense of uh, God's calling us on to something. And in this story, we have Moses saying to his brother-in-law, to the son of his father-in-law, Jethro, he said, no, no, come with us. Come with us. If you come with us, you'll, you'll do really well. It will be really, really good for you. It will, it will bless you. God will bless you, and you'll be a, a blessing for, to us. And so I, that's what I really just want for a moment as we come to the end of um, this series. In fact, Cooley's going to finish it next week, talking about Moses. But I believe that this is a new day for us to see what it means to be part of church is part of a movement of doing what, what is it God is calling us onto. I think, you know, and, and you can do that in the same place. Jill, uh, Jill and I moved here to North London in 2003. And so we've lived in the same house. I've never felt we've been static you know, it's not about where you live. It's about an attitude. You think, you know, God, what are you calling us onto? And what are you calling onto? And the thing that I really love about when we've been doing an Upper Room Academy is everybody, nobody, it's not this sort of like compulsion. Everybody has to go and do the same thing. But we're just saying, look, this is a framework. 
It's really good to be able to lead a Bible study because like, our faith is built on the word of, of God. It's really good to be able to pray for our friends. But other than that, now, what is God calling you to do? How is God calling you to be an influence wherever you live? Um, I had this really good uh, idea this morning. Well, I, I think it's a good idea. Um, for a sermon series called, and the, the title of the sermon series is Instagram Lies. Because, because when you look on Instagram, on some accounts, they have, they have all these like, pithy little sayings, don't they? And people would make them into wooden signs or they'd hang them up on their wall and all those sorts of things. And, and, and one of the ones that I found yesterday, because I was looking for, I think I googled journey and said, uh, and found that, that image, I found that image, but there were all these other images and one of them was, it says, life is a journey, not a destination. Now, if you've got that on your wall, forgive me, okay? But it's nonsense. It's nonsense. I am going somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I'm not just like going on a journey for its own sake. Actually, no, God's called me somewhere. God's called me heavenward. God's called us to bring the kingdom of God where we are now. It's not just, we're not going on a nice walk. No, we are going somewhere. I want to bring the kingdom of God wherever I go. Jesus, by the way, didn't, um, he didn't start an organization. He didn't start a charity. He didn't start a political movement. He didn't write a book. He started a movement. He started a movement. And the way that Jesus did it was this. He prayed an awful lot. He prayed for hours and hours. He let the truth of Scripture just soak into his life. He surrendered everything that he had to, to his heavenly Father. And then he got this bunch of disciples, and he said, like, I want you now to go off. Did he give them loads of plans? Not really. Did he tell them exactly what to say? Well, well no, not really. Did he tell them exactly where to go? Not really. He just said, I want you to go. And I want you to go and bring the kingdom of God wherever you are. And if you do that, trust this one thing. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll back you up. But sometimes if you think you're stepping out too much in faith, I'm going to back you up. If you suddenly say, God's going to heal, I'm going to back you up. God is going to be with us. And do you know what, there is, um, let me just see the time. Um, there's a pattern, okay, to being, being in a, being moved by God, being in a move inspired by God. This happened, it happened to Moses in Israel, happened to Jesus, it happened to Paul, happened to the disciples, it happened to you, and it probably happened, it happened to me, definitely, and it may well happen to you. Sorry, I just need to move that. We are going to still look at the Bible, but... I think the first thing, if we want to be a people who are on the move, the first thing that we need to do is this. Can we go to the first, next one? Steve. <laughs> ah, there you go. The first thing is, you, you and I, we just need to encounter God. There's no point in like, having all sorts of good ideas ourselves and just doing our own thing. We need to encounter the living God. That's why we come and worship. That's why we come and bow down. That's why we sort of like just delight in Jesus more than anything. Uh, Moses, where did he have his main encounter with God? Burning bush. Where was, where was Jesus' first significant encounter before he started ministry? In the wilderness. It was like he had this massive big fight with Satan. 
No, he, he had this really big encounter. Where did uh, the Apostle Paul have his big encounter with God? And the road to, road to Damascus, in prison. He had these like really significant encounters with God. And there have been some moments when I have had like a really powerful encounter with God. Yesterday at Upper Room Academy, a few people just saying, no, these were not why I had these really significant encounters with God. Like Michelle, I'm, I won't give you all the details because it's your story to tell another. But Michelle was saying there was one day she had this incredibly powerful encounter with God. God just met with her. And what we're going to do is at the end of the service, when everyone's packing up and we're doing the chairs and some people will be talking about lunch, some people are going to have a powerful encounter with God here because we're going to pray for you. And if you're hungry today to have an encounter with God, we're just going to pray for you and God is going to break into your life because God has got things for you to do that nobody else can do. Yeah. So what we did was when we first planted the church is we didn't know we hadn't a clue what to do. But I did know I wasn't gonna sit at home doing nothing and just hope a church arrived. Because they think, oh, I need to, I'm just not very good like that anyway. I think I need to go and do something. So we just bought fat tens of thousands of leaflets. Tens of thousands of the blighters. We had boxes of these leaflets. And I thought, well, I haven't got anything else to do. I haven't got a church to, like, do. I'm just going to put these leaflets through the doors. And the amount of times I walked all around Edgware and Mill Hill and everyone putting leaflets. I knew every sort of, like, what every letterbox was like. I thought, no, I'm not going to put it. I don't like those letterboxes because your fingers get trapped. I knew the letterboxes that dogs would bite your fingers off. I knew the letterboxes that were really good. You could just chuck them through and they'd land all the way through. Sometimes I used to play this game. I think, I hope this this, uh, leaflet turns the right way up. No, I didn't. I'll get another one. Again, and again. Thousands of leaflets. I had to do something. I had to do something because God was thinking. And then guess what happened? Maria gave her life to Christ. There's something about movement. And and whatever it is God's called you to do, let's not be the people who are sitting on our backsides doing nothing. But it has to come from from an encounter. We were putting thousands of leaflets through letterboxes because I had an encounter with God. And God said to me, go to North London and plant a church. And that's why Jill and I moved. And we thought, oh, God, you've said it. That, that's the one thing, perhaps, in my life I can really hold on to that I know God said to go up there and do it. I thought, oh, okay, but I don't know how. Well, it doesn't matter how you do it, but God's called us to go and do something. But it came from an encounter. What, what, what are you doing to make having an encounter with God in your life more likely? That's my question. What, what are you doing? The other, I don't know, maybe four, four Sundays ago, it was about a month ago, I don't know, we, we'd, bunk, we'd come to church, I preached, and I just thought, I want more. I want more. So I just Googled, where is there a church service I can go to? And I just went. Because I thought, I, I just, I, I want to do something, I want more. And and as it happened, it's quite nice to go to a church where like, you don't, people don't really know you. You can sit at the back and you just worship Jesus. And I thought, I, don't, I think I'm really annoying everybody because I'm speaking in tongues too loudly. And then I thought, 
Yeah, but I don't care. Nobody knows me. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> but then the, what happened was that then I met somebody there, and then I came, and then they, they said, I'll come to this conference, then I went to a prophetic conference, and a God broke in, you know, but sometimes we have to say, what am I doing? What are you doing? Like to say, God, I'm hungry to meet with you. Because unless you start, mo- if you start moving without an encounter with God, you're just moving. God wants to use you. The second thing is this. We have to surrender everything to God. Moses had to to get to this point where he surrendered everything in his life to to God the Father. He'd murdered somebody. He'd run away. He was then living in the desert. He just had to say, okay, I'm done with this. I surrender everything to you. There's this moment when Jesus was, when we talked about, when Jesus was in the wilderness where he was being tempted, Satan was having a real go at him. And he just had to say, okay, Heavenly Father, I surrender everything to you. Not my will, but your will be done. And I think the story of, of Alan going down, I'm not just, it's not just Alan, all of us, but it's the example that we heard this morning. And we hear countless stories of people doing it. Laura, last week, Baby Basics. Just all these things I think, okay, I, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm surrendering everything to you. And what I really like about what Alan was saying is he doesn't even know where it's going to end up. But he's just moving. It's something to do. So I think my my question to you is this. How surrendered are you to what God wants you to do? Or are you on your track, what you want to do? Or how much are you surrendered to the living God? Um, okay. Then the last thing is this: that if you, if we want to be a church that is moving really well, we need an encounter with the living God. We need to surrender everything. But you know, you and I need to lead our lives in a way that is disciplined, that actually we understand more of who God is. Um, I'm just gonna cut short a little bit, but I, I want to give you the example that we looked at a little bit in Upper Room Academy about a group of people called the Moravians. You may have heard of them or you may not have heard of them. Pete, have you heard of them? Yeah. Yes. The Moravians, they lived in, like it was the Czech Republic, Bohemia, and it was around at the end of the 17th century, so the 1690s, something like that. The Protestant church was dead. There was not a lot going on. Martin Luther had been dead for 150 years, and he had set this reformation, the reformation of the church in place, but it just hadn't really taken off. There had been no missionary movement at all until there were two guys that changed everything. And these guys were Leonard Dobner and David Schnitzman. Leonard Dobner, guess what he did as a profession? Nah, it's Potter, made things with clay. What did uh, uh, David Nitschman, he was a carpenter. At one point, they traveled to the West Indies. They got, they sort of like got on a boat, they traveled to the West Indies. There was no missionary movement going on at all. They got on, they went to walk to the port, got on a boat and traveled to the West Indies. They did not know that they were birthing the missionary movement of the Protestant church when they walked to the port and they put their bags on, their, on that boat. But within 20 years, 
of those two guys going to the West Indies, Moravian missionaries were in, were in the Arctic, reaching the Eskimos. They were in South Africa. They were among the Indians of North America. They were in Suriname, Ceylon, China, India, and Persia. They had had this massive move of God. And what happened was this, that they had... <clears throat> They'd been persecuted. They'd gathered all together in one, in one city. They'd sort of argued a lot. They'd been persecuted so much that they started fighting because they didn't want to back down on what they believed. And then one guy, this Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf, he said, OK, I'm going to support you. I'm going to create a community. He created a community. And what these, what these Moravians did is this. They passionately, passionately prayed. That's what we're doing in Upper We're just praying like mad for our non-Christian friends. So they prayed like mad. They studied the scriptures like mad. They just were deeply, deeply into it. And then the third thing is probably a little bit challenging. They were known for doing this. They confessed their sins to each other. I don't really want to do that. But would I do it if it meant the power of God blew through us? And they led this disciplined life. And what they did was that then they went out, they didn't have loads of money, they didn't have a great plan, they didn't have lots of support structure, but they, what they said is, okay, if you want to do this, they sent hundreds of young people overseas with this one command, go and make disciples and trust that the Holy Spirit will be with you. And that birthed what we know as the missionary movement today. So when Moses said to Hobab, come with us, we will do you good, the same call comes to us. There was movement. There was movement. And I want to ask you to think, okay, what is it God is calling me to do? When Moses said to um, Hobab, come with us, he said, Moses said, look, Hobab, we need you. You know all the best campsites. He said, you, you, you will tell us where to camp. You, you know all these things. But we, we need you. And interestingly, the, the Bible doesn't say whether he went with them or not. It doesn't say. He just, Hobab said, no, I need to go back to my people. And then the next verse is, and then the people moved on. It doesn't say whether Hobab went with Moses or not. But Moses needed Hobab because he, he had something that they could bring. And I just need to let you know that you bring something to the party. Um, if you're a Farsi speaker, can you just put your hand up? Okay. Salmon, could you just come down for a moment? I just need you to, like, to translate for me. Is that okay? Cool. I'm not really even sure what I'm going to say. Um, I think it's green. Yeah, that's good, yeah. I come this way, so you're in the light with me. <laughs> so if, if you're a Farsi speaker, could you just stand up for a moment? Um, you are a blessing to us. And God has called you to be a unique witness in this country. And some of you may have come because you're 
refugees or you're looking for asylum. But I feel God has called you to be leaders in this nation. ولی من احساس میکنم که خداوند شما رو میخونه تا رهبرانی در این منطقه باشید و به ایسای مسیح ایمان داشته باشید و کامیونیتی بسازید و برای کشور خودتون برگردید و برای ایسای مسیح به قول معروف شاگرد باشید ما ما دوتا ما برای شما الان دعا میکنیم <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll, I'll pray in English. Yes. And I'll just go, and then you just pray God's okay. blessing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, could we just reach our hands towards these people? Heavenly Father, we pray that you would be the most phenomenal blessing to these men and women. I feel that you know, the Lord would say to you, come with us and we will do you good. Come with us and the Lord will be a blessing to you. Come with us and you will be a blessing to us. And come with us and Iran and Persian-speaking nations will be, will be blessed. And we say, God, would you do a, a mighty, mighty work amongst these people? We pray for so many of the young men that are down in the state club right now. We pray for a revival to sweep through those people. We want to ask, oh God, that they would know that they are welcomed in this land, that they, that they have a place, that they have a home, that they have a future in here. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you come and meet with these people now? We pray for dreams and multiple dreams. We ask, oh God, where your name is lifted on high, where Jesus, you stand at the foot of their bed, where you guide them, you speak words of grace and kindness and purpose into their lives. But we say, come and bless these people now in Jesus' name. Amen. بله خداوند عیسی مسیح تو شکر میگیم خداوند برای این موقعیتی که برای ما به وجود آوردی خداوند ما ایرانی ها ما فارسی زبان ها بتونیم در اینجا باشیم در کنار هم تو شکر میگیم برای این برکت و این دعای برکت رو برای تک تک فارسی زبان ها در این مجلس میکنیم خداوند تا تو اونها رو برکت بدی تا نگاه تو بر آنها باشه تا روح قدوس تو بر آنها نازل بشه خداوند و اونها رو پر کنه از حضور تو که اونها شاگردان تو باشن و به عنوان شاگردان تو در سراسر دنیا خداوند پیام تو رو برسونن برای تمام فارسی زبان ها و برکت باشن برای تک تک خانواده هاشون برای تک تک دوستاشون برای همه کسانی که چه در ایران چه در تمام کشورهای فارسی زبان زندگی میکنن خداوند تو رو شکر میگیم برای موقعیت و در نام عیسی مسیح برای تک تک این دوستان و این عزیزان آرزوی و دعای سلامتی و حضور قدوس تو در زندگیشون میکنیم در نام عیسی مسیح میطلبیم آمین آمین and father we just i want to pray for for salmon i pray that you would anoint him lord with leadership capacity i pray lord jesus that he would be able to speak words of truth and grace lord that there would be a a community of Farsi speakers that are, that are integrated with us as a church, but also their unique identity, oh God, who know the call of you on their lives. And we pray, Lord, too, for, for Taryn. We thank you for leadership capacity over Taryn. We want to pray, Lord, that you would be with her, Lord, that you would raise her up, Lord. We want to pray, Lord, that, 
that you would supernaturally give her the gift of Farsi, Lord Jesus, or the ability to learn to speak Farsi. And, and I was talking to, uh, to Taryn earlier today, and she was trying to um, translate something into Farsi, but we say, God, give you grace as you learn another language, that you could communicate the kingdom of God and the peace of God and the joy of the living God. Father, we thank you. Amen. 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 Amen.